second was Daniel Hemrick. Chase Briscoe appears to be the other one. And Chris Buescher is the third. We got a car up in the wall. And oh, there's a multi-car crash now. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. gets in the middle of it. Joey Logano gets a big piece of the action. Cole Custer has damage. One to go for Eric Jones. He's out front. Will he lead him all the way back? Kyle Larson right behind. So is Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. Hello again and welcome to Selling Speed, the podcast. I'm your host, Bob Quick from MRN. And in this month's edition, we are interviewing Tony Garcia. Tony is the founder of Global Media Services and the co-founder of Now Media. He and I go back 20 years. I met him when I was programming radio stations in Columbus, Georgia, and took over a station who ran his morning show, Bob and Sherry, in Morning Drive. He's been associated with that program for almost 30 years. I was quickly impressed by Tony's passion for radio, knowledge of the medium, and his willingness to stretch and try new things for the betterment of the station, his show, and the radio industry. Tony's made a career in the syndication world and is an expert on integrating national programming into local radio stations. Many programmers don't associate sports as a syndicated product. However, I believe that what Motor Racing Network does directly correlates to what a syndicated morning show does. They both bring fans of that show or sport to your station who may not otherwise be fans of the radio station's regular 24-7 format. It's a huge opportunity to win new listeners to your regular format and to convert your raving fans into fans of that national sport or show. Tony, thanks for joining me. You know, this is kind of outside of the NASCAR local sales box that I normally write about and talk about. But I think there's a big value in networking with people that do what I do or do what is similar to what I do. You and I both work with radio stations to provide compelling programming that they can then in turn go out and sell to the local customers. Just give me a short background of the shows that you've been tasked with selling to radio stations over the years. I seem to remember that you started your syndication journey while you were still in college. So as a sophomore at NYU, um, we got the idea to um, do a new wave countdown show. No one else in New York City was playing alternative or new wave music at that time. And so um, under the influence of probably a couple too many beers, uh, we decided we would do this countdown because heck if casey Kasem could do it we sure as heck could do it um and so uh, it was a one-hour countdown i called some clubs to find out what they were playing and then put down put together a countdown and uh it got good reaction phones rang and people liked it and so Wavebreaker was born we sent a uh, press release uh to billboard magazine uh and and the other trades as well saying that we were out here with this show and um one of the writers at Billboard was a fan of WNYU. And so he ran a story about the show on the cover of Billboard in the fall of 1980. And so we started getting all these calls from college radio stations asking to carry the show. And so we did it for a couple of years. Ultimately, we were on about 80 uh, college radio stations and uh, some stations in Europe. And that's how I learned how to produce and distribute um, syndicated programming. Um, from there, I went to a company called ProMedia. I was at the Wall Street Journal Report uh, for a while, uh, and then went over to United Stations, uh, where I was involved with uh, Dick Clark's Top 40 Countdown, Countdown America, as well as uh, Rock, Roll, and Remember, uh, which a lot of people will will know that show. 
Um, we launched a vignette with Dick Clark uh, at my time there. We also launched a show called Country Gold Saturday Night. It's had a whole bunch of different hosts. Uh, it started with a guy named Mike Fitzgerald. Um, uh, but that show is still in existence uh, today. Um, I did a little bit of media buying and um, uh, found myself in Charlotte uh, in 1996, uh, where Jefferson Pilot had uh, uh, a an incredibly popular morning show called Bob and Sherry. And they decided they want, wanted to syndicate. And the reason that they wanted to was because the show at that time, the show was doing double digit shares. Actually, it still does do double digit shares in women 2554. And the company was worried that they were going to be, I don't know, poached, I guess is the right word, by a larger company in a larger market. And they said, okay, let's, let's do syndication and use that as a way to grow the talent career wise and financially and still keep them uh, in Charlotte. Um, it was also the first syndicated AC morning show in the country. So, so how, how, how long into the Bob and Sherry morning show then were you brought on? Um, how long were they so together? The, 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 the two had, they were together about five years when I got there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd had some track record and I think the, you know, one of the important things is, is in syndication is showing your prospects. You know, the, the show just didn't have one great book and you said, Hey, let's syndicate. Right. Um, yeah. That longevity uh, aspect. Of so it, for sure. the longevity is, is, you know, is important in that, in that regard. People want to know, people want to know that they're putting their, um, their business in the hands of, someone that's going to stick around for a while. Well, you have a long, you have a long history with, uh, you know, you listed off a bunch of shows there and you're in your time that you've been associated with. And, uh, I recognized at least a ha half of them and I ran a couple of them. So, uh, I'll mm -hmm. tell you, I, I, you've touched kind of every format and, and whatnot. What's, what's the one, you know, what's the one thing a station should, um, you know, as B as their next step once they've decided, yeah, I'm going to add a syndicated day port or some or some syndicated programming. What's their next steps um, once they've made that decision and signed the contract and, and made that relationship with the syndicator? I think the next step is to get everybody in the boat. Um, and that doesn't mean they have to row. It just means they have to be in the boat. Uh, in other words, um, uh, you can't have you know, you can't have uh, naysayers, you know, in the in in the group. You you have to be able to explain, and maybe you even do this before you sign the contract. But you have to explain to your your staff, whether it's the receptionist or the chief engineer or the sales department or whoever, um, the logic behind what you're doing, because left to their own devices, people jump to conclusions that may or may not be correct. And, uh, you know, specifically like with the with a morning show, the first thing people think is, uh, oh, the, uh, the owner is being cheap. A and maybe that's not the motivation. Maybe finance isn't the motivation. Maybe it's, you know, the lack of talent that's available, the lack of talent that sticks with you um, or, the or the lack of talent that you want to stick with you, you know, in some situations. So I think it's important to get everybody you know, sort of in the boat, understanding the reasoning behind what you're doing. And I, I don't care if it's a weekend show 
I don't care if it's a vignette that you run at noon, Monday through Friday. People have to understand why that is there and why that's part of the radio station in order for them to be able to get their minds wrapped around it. Yeah, share the plan, for sure. Share the plan. Share the plan. You know, once um, you know, once they've added the syndication, um, giving it some legs, getting it some some room to to, to find its way, um, as far as the market is concerned, um, what's what's something that sales can take advantage of when they go to the local advertisers with, say, a Bob and Sherry program or or even NASCAR? What's that? You know, what's the what's the most important aspect you think? Um, that you can you can sell to a to a local advertiser when it comes to syndication. Yeah, I think it's quality. I think the first thing is quality. I think that sometimes um, people look at this, and maybe more so on a morning show, on a day part show, than on something like what you do with NASCAR. But I think that that there's a sense among sellers sometimes that I'm not going to talk about that because it doesn't come from here. Um, what that what what everybody has to understand again, top to bottom in the radio station, that it's not necessarily a, a financial decision. It, it it it's a quality decision. You bring you don't necessarily bring in an NASCAR. You don't necessarily bring in a Bob and Sherry to save money. You bring them in to make money. And so, um, and the reason these shows are syndicated. And successfully syndicated. Let's put that word in there. The reason these shows are successfully syndicated is because, A, they're doing something that the radio station can't do themselves, specifically in the case of NASCAR. Um, But also a level of quality that the radio station may not be able to do locally, whether that be contesting, whether that be quality of guests, whether that be quality of the overall content. That's why you do it. So when you go out to that advertiser, you you need to communicate that to the advertiser, hey, we're bringing you to the track every Sunday, and we're going to give you coverage. We're going to give you interviews with the drivers. We're going to give you background uh, into the sport. Um, that's the important thing, and I think that sadly, I think that not enough sellers either understand that or are trained that way, so that when they go into a and, a, and see that account, that they're able to speak intelligently. About about the product, whether it's weekend, weekdays, whatever, that they're able to explain to the client why that is. And I think that's a place where we fall down um, in in the sell-through of the product from the radio station to the local advertisers. Well, you bring up a good point. I think it's partly because of your background living in Charlotte and being exposed to the NASCAR industry uh, all those years that, that you that you lived here in, in the market. Um you know, one of the things I always uh, tell people when they're considering NASCAR is that it, we're truly, unlike a, a day part um, uh, uh, show um, where it could be an affordability issue where they do need to, uh, you know, for quality's sake, they do need to reach out to a syndicator to, um, to, to fill that day part with something that's uh, more affordable to them than, than, um, than you, know, you know, a local body. Uh, NASCAR is a little different in that we're not just, you know, there's, we don't displace people. We're always, it's always additive. It's always additive to the bottom line. If, and if we can't do that job and help them add to their bottom line, then, then, then we're not doing our job, uh, as, as a, uh, as a content provider. Right. That's right. Uh, um, 
much like NASCAR, uh, which has you know the most sponsored loyal fans in, in all sports, Bob and Sherry has, and I've experienced it myself, has this extremely loyal fan base. Um, you know, NASCAR fans purposely seek out the NASCAR sponsors to spend their money with. Do you have some examples on how you and your stations have been able to turn that Bob and Sherry fan loyalty into revenue and that maybe some of those ideas maybe or one of those ideas or or the idea that could be transferred um, uh, to NASCAR local sales? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, one of the things that, um, uh, again, I think where people fall short um, and I think that's the, the, the easiest way to put it is, is small short is that they don't use their imaginations. Um, I think there are a lot of things that if you just spend a little bit of time, particularly in the case of Bob and Sherry, spend a little bit of time listening um, and hear them, what they're talking about. And, and we send out materials as you did too, um, about what they're talking about. And you can make that connection, but you have to think beyond a spot schedule. You have, have to go okay how can we go to a local jeweler and tie that in with a sponsorship to this to this program uh, um how can we go out there and and bridge that gap creatively because you know there's a lot of and you know this because you've lived it there's a lot of hey here's the rate card kind of stuff going on out there because it's the easy thing to do or to go back to the same old well, go back to that same old client. And they go to the client and they go, hey, um, have you thought about doing this? And the client says no. Or worse, they go, oh, yeah, I've been dealing with this client for years. He doesn't like that stuff. Well, that's the salesperson's job, to make that client understand why they should be be advertising. I, I, I was in Wisconsin with a group of radio, a radio group. And this is the best way I can explain it. So um, the client was a guy who owns a um, snowmobile and uh, was spending 100% of his budget on the rock station. And I said to him, you know, um, you could spend some money on a female station. Oh, yeah, women don't like snowmobiles. Well, they might not, but they'd control the purse strings. And uh, wouldn't it be great if they thought about getting Hubby a sled this Christmas? Wouldn't it be great if you talked to them about, hey, Hubby can drive it, but you can sit in the back and you guys can have some fun bouncing around on a, on a trail this winter uh, in the ski-doo sled? It, it's that kind of stuff where you can either expand the budget or you can expand the reach of that client into other areas one of the things we did in charlotte uh, for years and it was sponsored and sold through on a station that frankly didn't carry nascar um we did nascar 101 where we would we would get a nascar expert together with sherry and we would bring a bunch of women in and explain the terminology and um and that was a really good vehicle for that client because it took advantage of the passion for NASCAR, but it also connected with women. Um, so it's, it's about being creative. It's about going beyond the spot schedule or the specials or the package um, to come up with something a little bit more creative. And I haven't 
I, I've rarely run into a client that doesn't appreciate the thought that you put into a creative package for them. I hope that makes some sense. Oh, it makes a it makes a ton of sense. I, you know, the consultative sale, the 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 I when I was selling day to day, the creativity of selling was always one of my driving forces. To you know, to find an idea and to be excited about it because you created the idea, and and that's half you know the confidence and the creativity. That's half the battle when you're when you're in front of a client. So that makes a, a ton of sense. I'm I might have to. Dig a little deeper on that NASCAR 101 idea because I've never had a uh, an affiliate talk to me about such an idea um, because that's certainly something that that we could share um, uh, stations down the line. So I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely! You know, absolutely. I I think that. Um, I, and by the way, this was on a female targeted radio station, but I think NASCAR 101 can work on any with any audience because there's there's an interest in the sport there's an interest in the personalities around the sport and the drivers but i think also a little bit more depth um to the understanding of the sport i know for me i'm a football fan i know you're a hockey fan if i were able to you know get a little bit further behind the curtain uh, at the nfl or a little bit beyond be, uh, behind the curtain um with what goes on with the nhl um you know uh, whatever that is, you know, what's, why, why, why was there just an icing call? You know what I'm saying? Right. The kind yeah. Of stuff what does that mean? That, sure. that, right. Because the better you understand the sport, the more passion you'll have for it. The more you, you understand it, the more time you're going to spend. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a, there's um, so a huge, yeah, there's a huge, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A huge uh, bell curve uh, this year with the introduction of the next gen car and how it's different and and why it's different and why it exists. And our guys here at the network, our, our on air guys, are all well versed in that because they have to be um, because it's so completely different than 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 what they've been running in the past. Now you put them side by side, they don't look any different. But there's a reason why they're different. And, you know, we could certainly work with the station and have one of our guys kind of host that, um, you know, whether it's virtually, which would be the easiest. Right. You know, especially now with everybody used to doing teams and doing Zoom and, 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 and all that, that would be an easy promotion to do um, to have somebody virtually come in. But you never know. We could also, um, you know, maybe do something in person, too. But that's that's a super idea. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. No. Yeah, no problem. I, I just think it, 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 at the end of the day, it's it's about being, you know, being creative with how you approach a client and sort of seeing past the obvious. Yeah, you know, for sure. How about yep. how about not going to that car dealer one more time? Who else could benefit? <laughs> right. Um, well, you, you know, know it's, it's that's a tough that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow when you know when uh, when automotive's the number one for both. Uh, the radio industry and the NASCAR industry, as far as uh, advertising and marketing partners, but yes, uh, I, listen, I, I, totally, I completely agree. With I you. totally get it, right? I totally get it, but but at a certain point, that you know, that well has a limit. That well and, has a limit, and for I sure. think that if you, well has a limit. So if you can be creative, and um, you know, go to the go to the John Deere guy and and have you know and and have the riding mower five hundred. Yeah, 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 absolutely, right. Yep. Sponsor, yeah. Let them sponsor the season, and you know the the day before the Daytona 500, you're gonna have the, you're gonna have the John Deere 500 or the you know Kubota 500 or whatever, and that's, you're gonna. It's not gonna, gonna work in Minnesota, but it might work in Mississippi. Yeah, 
Yeah, Minnesota in February, that could be, but hey, that, there's your snowmobile race, right? For sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of being creative and adapting it. But I think it's, you know, I think it's doable. And I, again, I think that it's, um, uh, you, you, you know, you've been creative in your selling process, you're creative in what you do at, at, at NASCAR. And I think, you know, I think we just need a little bit more of that in the, and a little bit of courage. Right. Yeah. I think the other part of it is, is you got to be you got to be courageous enough to go out there and not be afraid to hear no. Because you, you might. It's sales. for crying out loud. You're going to hear no from time to time. Well, I, I'm willing to bet that the word no um, kind of uh, led you to a creative decision a few years back when you decided that Bob and Sherry could run on any format and you stopped feeding your affiliates music. Um MRN programming, much the same. You know, we can fit on just about any format uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, with that being said, doesn't it make even it more important to promote this syndicated programming outside the walls of the radio station when it is something that is somewhat completely different than what you do uh, the rest of the week or, or whatnot? Absolutely. I, no, I think I think you have to let people know that. Oh, okay. I think you have to let people know that you're there, right? And you might not have a budget to buy a bunch of television. Uh, you might not have a, bun, a budget to buy a bunch of billboards. But uh, you know, there are things you can do. Mailing lists are really inexpensive. Um, promote to you know, promote to your audience. Promote to your P1s. Um, Promote to affinity groups. And, and I know that's a fancy way of saying groups that look like they might be NASCAR fans. Is there, are there car clubs? Show up at the car club. Pass out, you know, printed flyers, printed postcards. Um, that's stuff that you can do, you know, on your computer. Refrigerator magnets. To, refrigerator magnets. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you can do. Um, you know, when the pandemic started, um, we gave away, um, little bottles of sanitizer, hand sanitizer that said, people make me sick. And, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, people requesting it. Um, so you can be creative and you can be creative and be economical at the same time. Um, uh, but you got to get the word out because people aren't just going to stumble across you. Um, especially if you're trying to get them to change a habit if if the program has never been on, if it's a new affiliate for, for NASCAR and it's never been on before, people aren't just going to, you know, go, hey, man, guess what's happening on Sunday on WXXX? That's not going to happen. You're going to have to let them know it's out there. And I think one of the places where we are the weakest as an industry in general is self-promotion. Yeah. Uh, in, and I mean external self-promotion. I don't mean promos on the air. I mean external self-promotion because we – Again, we're not we're not as we're not sometimes not creative, and sometimes we don't go okay. Let's take it one click, not ten clicks necessarily. One click, um, you know. I mean, do you have uh, you know? Are you have a bunch of guys that get together every Sunday at the public library and they you know and they show off their muscle cars? Okay, well they may not all be NASCAR fans, but there's a chance that, they, that one or two of them could be. So you know, flyer that thing, show up at that thing, talk to people about that stuff. It doesn't cost very much money, um, and it gets you, you know, it gets you out there. Um, no, I uh, I asked uh, I asked Lloyd Ford of of uh, 
of uh, Rainmaker Pathways, the same question. And he said, use your social media. And he wasn't talking about necessarily the uh, the on-air people because they should be doing that anyway. He was talking about sales. He was talking Absolutely. about anybody that works in the building. They have this concerted effort and plan to promote what's going on at the radio station uh, on your social media channels because everybody's on Facebook, right? So yeah, and everybody and every and, and that means everybody has an audience. So that means the salespeople have an audience, the uh, the receptionist has an audience, even the janitor has an audience on social media. If you can, uh, if you can uh, uh, bring, like you said, bring them all into the boat, and then provide them with the tools um, to help promote the radio station, that is a easy way of doing it without spending any money. Absolutely. All you have to do is say, "Hey, I'm going to send you a post. Share it." Yes. Yep. Right. Times the number of people at the radio station, because you know that, as you said, the salesperson, the receptionist, whatever, they they do have social media. That's not even the question. It's it's did you actually ask them? It's it's like in sales. We ask for the order. Right. Did you actually ask those people in the sales department to share this post to their friends? Um, it, it's that kind of stuff that uh, and Lloyd's spot on. It doesn't cost a nickel. Uh, yep. It just you have to think about it. And you have to have the mindset to say, okay, how do we get, how do we create some noise um, without spending a gazillion dollars on it to do it? And there's ways to do that. So much like MRN, uh, the majority of your clients or a large number of your clients are independent broadcasters. What's one thing that you think an independent broadcaster can do to take advantage when they're competing against a corporate cluster in their market? Um, take advantage. Um, there, I think there's two parts to that. First of all, take advantage of the talent. Um, I, I know your people, uh, make themselves available for promos and spots and stuff. And interviews, and just Sh- an interview and, and to have right. an expert on the air to talking about, uh, NASCAR two or three days before the race helps promote it for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, so use that talent. I know that a lot of times stations go, oh, they're so busy. No, no. Um, You you know, we find that we um, we always make time for that. But we find that, you you know, that hesitation that, oh, they're busy and, you know, this isn't important enough. It's important. So send us send us the request, send us the promo, send us the liner. um, Let us do an interview. um, Let us cut a video. uh, let us do all of those things um, because we want to, you know, we want to partner in that way. We, I mean, we even do spec spots and we don't charge for the spec spots um, because we want to do, you want you want to get on a Zoom call? Sure, we get on a Zoom call with a client because we want to be that partner. Um, and I know you do too. And I think that, you know, a lot of times that there's this, the second part of this, a lot of times this frustration, oh, we're up against, you know, ginormous company X and we're just, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. And I think that you have an advantage there because um, uh, I, I was talking with somebody earlier today um, who has, he competes with ginormous company XXX. He has five employees, small market, he has five employees. Ginormous company X has one. Right. So just right. because that's run by ginormous yeah. company X doesn't mean there's a ginormous number of people working there. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. And if they're programming remotely, 
which in a lot of markets those stations are, mm-hmm. uh, are remotely programmed, uh, and there's no one in the market, that's an advantage that you can take where your talent can localize, where your talent can promote, like you say, a couple of days in advance. Hey, we got the big races coming up from whatever whatever track it happens to be. And, you know, you should be here and maybe, you know, maybe here's what the here's why this race is important. Right. There's a three way tie for points or whatever it is, whatever, it is, um, whatever that story, whatever, is, it, sure. right, whatever it is uh, um, to make it just that that more compelling that boy, you were listening. You were listening. Listen to this race because this could change, you know, this could change the rest of the season or whatever it is. Um, well, sometimes too, really yeah. Sometimes too, I think you know, uh, familiarity. I can't, I can't even say that word. Familiarity uh, breeds a little um, contempt's the wrong word, but you just feel like it's the same thing every day, right? Because you're exposed to it every day, but you forget that you have an exclusivity um, in in a certain area with with Bob and Sherry and with and with the Motor Racing Network, and that's the biggest. Uh, the bullet of 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 your um of your gun when you're going out to local advertisers because you know brand x doesn't have that right so well, no that's, that's a it's a competitive advantage and one of the things um you know i've always talked about and i've talked about it uh in this before too is that you know when you're zigging uh and you're you know when your competitor is zigging you should be zagging especially if you're like second or third uh in the same format in the same market with 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 your competitors um you know bob and sherry certainly can do that um you know what are your thoughts as far as when the competition's doing x you know i should be doing y and z i i think that there's uh, i think that that's a a really you know, a really good strategy. I think that we tend to copy. We tend to go, okay, if that station's playing eight songs in a row, we have to play nine songs in a row. <laughs> and not necessarily, that's not necessarily true. And so I think that, you know, one of the things that, that you need to do is, first of all, you need to think about what they're doing, right? right. And, you know, not, hey, this is what they're doing and it sucks. Um, hey, this is what they're doing. How do we counter that in a way that is more compelling than what they are doing? And I think that that uh, it's going to be different for every market, but I think that it requires some thought. It requires a little bit of strategy and not necessarily a knee jerk. Like they're playing nine in a row. We won't play 10. Um, I, I think it requires just thinking about what your situation is, um, what they're, what their situation is and how you can, you know, do better uh, competitively by zagging when they zig. Um, <laughs> but it's going to look different. It's going to look different for every station. I know I'm speaking very generally here, but it's going to look different for for every for every radio station. Um, but what is that point of difference? Look at that point of difference between you and them, and emphasize that point of difference further. What's the point of difference between the new tactic that they just did and what you're doing and emphasize that point of difference? Because at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what matters. But you got to understand your audience. You got to understand the, the, the market and you got to understand the radio station. So you have to put some thought into that. Um, you, you can't just knee jerk it. You have to put some thought into it. You know, we focused quite a bit on 
And it's because of your longevity with Bob and Sherry. But you have other offerings, too, uh, especially under your oh, global yeah. media services banner. What, you know, as far oh, as yeah. programming menu, what, what kind of programming do you have um, that you represent? So, yeah, so we have um, we have uh, several programs. We have a couple of weekend shows um, that I recommend that they not run on Sunday afternoons. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we have uh, we have an 80s show called Found Cuts. Uh, that's, uh, uh, features each hour features an, oh, wow record, a record you haven't heard in a long time, uh, along with some big eighties hits. Uh, we have another weekend show called that thing with Rich Appel, uh, which is a really goofy sort of think about a 2022 version of Dr. Demento with some really cool music that thematically hangs together. Is it uh, and then weekdays, Rich Appel? Rich, no, no, he, he's, uh, He's actually a musicologist. He's worked for Sony. Oh, okay. Many years working for music. And, um, and then for weekdays, uh, we have three, we have two morning shows and a, and a service. We have a, we have Bob and Sherry. And then we have a show called Two Guys Named Chris, uh, which originates uh, not far from you, Bob, in Greensboro, yes, North and Carolina. I, I listen to, what is it, Rock 92? It's on Rock 92. It is, yeah, it I can is, hear that at my house. Yeah, yeah. Market. Oh, yeah, you can hear it where you, where you are. Um, it's a good fit for uh, mainstream rock, classic rock, uh, even classic hits stations. Um, and it's, it's based in conversation, uh, very likable guys, uh, that are not, um, they're not offensive. They're not political. They're not blue. They're just, if you can imagine hanging out at the, at the bar or at a restaurant with some friends and just talking about stuff that's going on in your lives. That's really the vibe of, of two guys named Chris. Or sitting, or uh, sitting then, in front of a NASCAR race with your pals. Exactly right. Sit in front of a NASCAR race with your pals and just chatting about life. And then, um, and then we have a service called the Radio Spot Shop. And one of the things we've found uh, over the last couple of years is that radio stations um, have challenges with the number of people that they have in the building who can voice spots. Uh, some stations don't have any women in the building that can voice spots. Some stations just won't want variety because, as you know, Bob, you, you sometimes you need to mix up the voices. You can't have the same person on every spot for every client right. on your radio station. Yep. Um, and, and then lastly, from a writing standpoint, um, you know, we train people to be good sellers, but not necessarily the, the best AE is not necessarily the best writer. Right. And so, right. Well, it's not, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea for sure. It's not everybody's bag. And so Radio Spot Shop uh, tries to solve those problems. So we have a stable of about a half a dozen male voices, a half a dozen female voices um, uh, that are available to you on a fast turnaround. Um, so next day, next day service on, on the commercials. Um, we can write, we can produce or we can do both. Uh, um and we do it on cash uh, or barter. We specialize in small and medium markets. Uh, we even have added a couple of voices who do Spanish. Oh, great. So we, can do, we can do Spanish commercials as well. So that's Radio Spot Shop. And that's, that's what a, we do under global That's a big need, too. Because, I, you know, when I started in this business in 1990, my very first job, the company I worked for had a creative service director and two copywriters. And, and now... Who, who writes the copy in most radio stations? It's uh, the sales yeah. guy who's already right. who's already uh, strapped uh, for time 
to 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 go out there and sell and meet budget and uh so yeah that's a huge to me that's a huge opportunity uh for a radio station to work with you on that radio spot job absolutely and by the way i would say even good writers uh, they they get they get blocked you know after you've after you've written uh spots for a certain client for let's say a year and they've changed their copy every week so you've run you've written 50 (laughs) 52 different pieces of copy for right. this client, you know, 53 if you count the happy holidays greeting. Um, <laughs> maybe, you know, you just get, you just go, oh, now what the heck am I going to say? So, you know, so <laughs> I think that, that writing part of the service is important. <laughs> so and, a little, and, I was just going to say, tell you a little story for about my local sales background. I was always great at going out there with a spec spot that the client didn't even expect and selling it. The problem was was coming up with the next spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always you know that's always the challenge. And so what we do is we um, we have a form that we have uh, put together that basically asks uh, many of the same questions that you would ask in a CNA uh, about the client uh, and in depth questions, not you know do they have free parking because um, that's <laughs> you're right you know that. That's the that's the age old uh, you know uh, crutch, but um, but you know what's what makes them unique? What's about the business? So it's a page and a half, two page um, form. You fill it out so that when we when we write the spot, we have a better sense of who that is because you can't just say you know it's it's Bill's Beanery and go and have fun with it. We have to know a little bit more about that client um, so that we can write a good a good spot. But we do do that. Um, and, um, you know, we can do multiple voices. Um, a lot of our clients do one voice spots, but we can do two or three voice spots. And, um, and, and for the ones, for the stations that we work with, uh, I think they really appreciate the service. I think they appreciate the speed, uh, you know, with the turnaround where if you get it to us Monday morning, you're going to have it by the end of the day on Tuesday. Um, you know, I think our, I think our clients really appreciate that. And I think that there's, uh, you know, I think that there's a need out there. I think anyone listening to this can appreciate and have seen before a business card st- stapled to a production order. <laughs> that was the CNA. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, and it shows up at four o'clock on Friday, and it's got to right. be on the Monday. Hundred percent. So yeah. So we, you know, we hope to, you know, we hope to help with that. Uh, and I'm also a rep for a company called Sun and Fun Media, where we barter for gift cards, vacations, bill pay, and, and stuff like that, where stations don't have operating budget necessarily to get um, some items that they need, maybe some some equipment items, or, you know, maybe they just... Vehicle need wraps, I see, that uh, they're doing. Yeah, vehicle wraps. Yeah. I mean, vehicle wraps are a big deal. Vehicle wraps are a very big deal, because... Um, you know, you know from personal experience, vans get damaged. Yep. Station vehicles get damaged. And, and, you know, formats change and logos change. And, and so sometimes there's not the budget to make those changes. And so we can help you uh, make those changes. And uh, in and the for- South, where I live, things fade. Things fade in the South. I'm here to tell you, hey, things fade in the, things fade in the West, too. <laughs> um, no, the the UV rays up here in Colorado, um, they'll they'll clobber your vehicle. Hundred percent. 
Well, Tony, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. If uh, somebody oh. wanted to get in touch with you with you know for any of those products, how do they do that? Uh, just just uh, it's Garcia Tony six zero at Gmail, uh, or um, just give me a call three zero three nine one six six three three three. Tony Garcia of Global Media Services and Now Media, a longtime friend of mine. And uh, as you can see from that interview, a lot of what he does and what Bob and Sherry does can correlate to how you go out and sell NASCAR on a local level. Typically at this time in the podcast, we talk about a team member here at Motor Racing Network. But uh, we have a new product that we launched Uh, During the pandemic, and I think it brings a lot of value in certain situations to radio stations across the country. It might not be right for you, and it might not be something that you need to do all the time, but there might be opportunities for you to add incremental dollars to your NASCAR sales by adding events from the Arkham Menard series. One last effort up off the corner from the bottom of the racetrack. Carruth can't make it happen. For the third time in his career, Nick Sanchez will see the checkered flag first. Nick Sanchez wins the Dutch Boy 150 at the Kansas Speedway. NASCAR purchased the Arkham Menard series in 2018. It merged it with the KNN series in 2020. Since then, Motor Racing Network has added more and more coverage of the stock car minor leagues. In fact, this year, we have pretty much the majority of their events, current stars of NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the Camping World Truck Series, have cut their teeth in the Arc Menard Series. Drivers like Haley Dagan, Ty Gibbs, and Chase Briscoe all got some of their first stock car experience behind the wheel of an Arca Menards Series car. Much like the top levels of NASCAR, the ARCA series competes at different track configurations as well as different track services. From the high banks of Daytona to the short tracks of Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis, from the concrete of Dover Motor Speedway to the asphalt road course at Watkins Glen International, these drivers are put through their paces all while honing their craft. Now, full season affiliations are available, and we do have a handful of stations that do that. But many MRN radio partners choose to air races at tracks that are located locally or within their geographic region to further build their relationship with their local NASCAR track and add programming of a local interest for their listeners. In fact, the MRN Arc Menards schedule is made up of companion events scheduled along with a Cup, Xfinity, and or Truck Series weekend event. The races are two hours or less and are usually scheduled during time periods when stations are already running fully automated. You can see the Arkham Menards series schedule by going to our show notes and clicking on the link provided. You can contact your affiliate rep for more information on this exciting new product. And that does it for Selling Speed, the podcast for May 2022. Boy, the year is just flying by. Hopefully you've been able to take a nugget or two out of this that you can take to the street with your NASCAR sales. If you have any comments, please let me know. Bob Quick, bquick at mrn.com, bquick at mrn.com. Or if you have any suggestions on what we could cover uh, in an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear it. You can subscribe to this podcast for free so it comes directly to your uh, mobile device as soon as it's posted each month at all of the major podcasts. That does it for Selling Speed, the podcast. I'm your host, Bob Quick from MRN. 
happy selling.